Tigers back at Tiger Stadium after a tough loss at Alabama. How do they secure a victory over the Florida Gators? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thank you for making the Locked On LSU and Locked On Gators podcast your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, you can check us both out on YouTube, Locked On LSU and Locked On Gators on today's crossover edition of Locked On LSU and Locked On Gators. And today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Caroline Fenton here with Locked On LSU, Brandon Olson with Locked On Gators. Let's kick it off today. Just general vibe. Florida coming off of a loss over Arkansas. How we feeling? How we doing? I am ready to be hurt again. Uh, that That is kind of the only approach I can take. Like, I watch LSU's insane offense, and I watch Arkansas, their first game, an offensive coordinator that is calling the first game of his career with a terrible offensive line, and I watch them put up almost 500 yards against Florida. Um Vibes are not well for me. That's I will tell you. I'm looking at just a rough one. Like I'm gonna be, I, I'm gonna need tums. I'm gonna need anything that can calm me down because I'm I'm not looking forward to this one. And I think LSU fans can probably relate just based off of the schedule so far. Arkansas, you know, heartbreaker, heart stopper kind of game. Missouri came down to the wire. Ole Miss obviously comes down to the wire last week against Alabama. Like we felt that, that like heart pounding through your chest kind of game. What is the problem at Florida? Is it, I mean, Graham Mertz has been better than advertised. Like I kind of went into this season thinking that Devin Leary was going to be the golden child, new SEC transfer quarterback. Graham Mertz has impressed me. He's not the problem, is he? No, he, he's been, I mean, considering what the expectations were, he's been amazing. <laughs> like when, when we talk about it, yeah, I spent I about eight months going, Graham Mertz is going to be better than Wisconsin, but he's still going to be average. And a big part of it is just his offense is going to be not stuck in 1905 like it was at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And he's just been straight up good. I, I get it. His average depth of target isn't throw the ball downfield. He's doing his job. He's doing everything he's asked to do and then some. So it's not Graham. It's, I think a big part of it for me is the offensive line. I don't care what your scheme is. I don't care what your play calling is. If your offensive line screws the pooch every single play or almost every play, it's really hard to run an offense. Uh, and Crazy, for me, I think it? it's, it's wild that when you have five guys who are then tasked with one of the most important jobs and they suck at it, bad things happen. Uh, and I think for me, that's what it is. Like Florida has good players on the offensive line. They're just not a good unit when you put them together. And, and it's really hard to be like, Hey, we're going to be a run first offense when you can't run the ball. 
And when you can't block for what I think is probably the second best running back duo in the SEC behind Tennessee and that trio of running backs that they have. But Florida has been a puzzling case to me this season. They beat Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably asking the million dollar questions here. And there might be questions that nobody has answers to. But you beat Tennessee, a very good Tennessee team that it's a long shot, but still has an opportunity to get to Atlanta and represent the SEC East in the SEC championship game. You beat them earlier this season. And granted, it was in the swamp. And the swamp effect is real, just like how LSU fans know that the Tiger Stadium effect, especially at night, it's real. Graham Hurts put up, puts over puts up over 400 passing yards against South Carolina. And granted, bad secondary. And we'll get into that, speaking of bad secondaries. But then they lose to an Arkansas team that put up three points at home against Mississippi State. I, What is Florida? Like, what, what do you think is Florida's greatest strength and what is their greatest weakness? I think their biggest weakness is, and, and I feel like this sounds like a cop-out, I think their biggest weakness right now is just their youth. I think that's the big reason that they're so inconsistent because they have a very young roster, one of the youngest in the SEC, and I think there's one senior starter. And so this is such a young team that that's where you get the inconsistency. You see Billy Napier in his Monday presser. He's just like, we're trying to put together a complete game. I have Florida Gators starting tight end Hayden Hansen on my show every Wednesday. And even this week and, and previous weeks, he's been like, it's week nine. We're still trying to put together a complete game. And that's to me what worries me the most, that it's week nine and we have not seen a game where the offense and the defense and special teams all work at, sorry, not special teams, game changers, Billy Napier. I got it. Game changers where they all work out together. Is that what he so, calls them? Yes. Yes. They don't have a special teams coach. It's a game changer coordinator, Chris couch. No. Um, that's to be fair. He never promised they were going to positively change the game. So oh. th they're still, they're still game changers. Um, but I, I think that having the youth is, I hate you that. Oh, but no one likes it. Literally okay. No okay. Good. No one. Uh, but I, I think that's the main reason that we've seen such general inconsistency is the youth. And as for the strength, you got me. I, I guess you look at Ricky Pearsall, Eugene, like, like you look totally. at the true freshman. I think that, that you look at the young players and you go, that is your biggest weakness and your biggest strength. Having mm -hmm. a, a potential true freshman All-American and Jordan Castell at safety, having Eugene Wilson the third at receiver. Having quite a few guys where you look at the youth. I mean, Arvis Boardingham's a redshirt freshman. He's one of the best pass catchers on the team. Hayden Hansen, redshirt freshman. He's got a better pass blocking grade than almost the entire offensive line. He hasn't allowed a pressure, and he's basically sixth offensive lineman. So I think the youth here is your greatest strength and your greatest weakness, as much as I may hate to say it. And that kind of sucks at the same time to go, there's not a true, just great strength. And you could look at it like that's 2023's greatest weakness and 2024 and 2025's greatest strength. And that's just what happens when you change coaches, when you're going through kind of a rebuilding era, when your former coach decided just recruiting wasn't very important, you, know, you got some rebuilding to do. And the way that Florida's recruiting right now, I mean, top three recruiting class in the 2024 class, it, you at least have the future to look to, which Talking about the future in November isn't very fun. I get it. I understand. But uh, at least exciting things on the horizon for the Florida Gators. But you talk about game changers. So let's talk about the game changer of all game changers, Jaden Daniels. So Jaden Daniels goes down against Alabama, Dallas Turner. 
late hit, a roughing the passer called on Dallas Turner, knocks Jaden Daniels out of the game. He has been in concussion protocol since Saturday night, and Brian Kelly announced to the media on Wednesday that he would return back to practice, would go through non-contact kind of walkthroughs, and once they were able to do an evaluation of Jaden Daniels after that, if he was you know, coming along well after that, then they would give him a green light to play on Saturday. That, I think, is a massive swing in this matchup because Garrett Nussmeyer, LSU's backup, I feel safe to say that he's the second best backup in the SEC, second probably to only Max Johnson at Texas A&M. So uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, he still gives you the ability to win football games, but nothing that that Jaden Daniels can do, can Garrett Nussmeyer do as well. The way that Jaden Daniels is just able to completely take the game into his arms and to his legs and to completely, you know, throw the defense off of what they want to do. Garrett Nussmeyer can't do it. So I think it's a massive aspect of this game. Can Jaden Daniels go? And is Jaden Daniels as close to 100% as possible? As close to 100% as you can be on November 11th. Yeah, I think that for me is, is what... Like I'm, I'm terrified either way because even like once Jaden Daniels got hurt, I was like, oh my God, Garrett Nussmeyer's dad used to be the offensive coordinator at Florida. They used to dunk on him relentlessly. Garrett's <laughs> going to come out and throw for 500. And and like, I was just, I'm like ready. Could. Yeah. I'm just ready. I'm just ready for pain. That's it. Uh, Jaden Daniels, I think is, I don't think that he is the best dual threat quarterback in the country. I think that I would, I'd probably give that one to Caleb Williams with how often he runs, but I think that there's not a single better runner than Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels. I don't think there's a single more dangerous quarterback than, Dan- than Jaden Daniels, just because he can create, and that hurts my soul. Just, I hated him at Arizona state. And when he came to LSU, I was just like, Oh, they're going to suck. And then he came out and he's been incredible. Like not, not just, incredible based on the expectations like we talked mm-hmm. about with Grant Hurts. Jaden Daniels has just genuinely been incredible. So his mm-hmm. performance or his availability completely changes the game. Like I think that Florida could maybe make Garrett Nussmeyer struggle a bit. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's not a super experienced quarterback. They're going to throw a ton of different looks at him. But when you have Jaden Daniels, I feel like first off, we, I, I'm, I cover Florida, and I've heard the stories of how that dude is in the film room. So I, I, I get it. He's going to work incredibly hard. He's not going to fall yeah. for a ton of those tricks, and he's already very experienced as it is. And then on top of that, his dual threat ability just makes it so. T- I just watched KJ Jefferson destroy the Florida Gators running quarterback draw and and quarterback counter, and I was like, okay, they're just fooling with us now. And Daniel's not as big as KJ Jefferson, but. More elusive. Yeah, if you can't catch KJ Jefferson, you ain't catching Jaden Daniels. So I think that Jaden Daniels is like, obviously, the starting quarterback is the X factor here. Right. But I think he just makes this game damn near impossible if you're the Florida Gators. The the starting quarterback is going to be the X factor for every single team in the country. But there's no greater X factor than a quarterback that can do what Jaden Daniels can do. And I've been talking about this for weeks. For weeks now, but I want your outsider, non-LSU fan, non-LSU homer take that even after a loss to Alabama, where the best case scenario for LSU is nine and three, do you still think that Jaden Daniels should be a front runner for the Heisman Trophy? I definitely think I, I wouldn't say that he should be a front runner. I'd say he'd be 
top three for me. Uh, I, I think he'd be right in that conversation. I mean, we know that as talented as Caleb Williams is, they're probably not getting it. <laughs> and so I, I think that, yeah, I think Jaden Daniels should be top three, maybe top two. I, I think Jalen Milrow is going to force his way into that conversation if he keeps being as active as he's been as a run. I mean, that what he did <laughs> on the ground was incredible. And especially continue winning these games, Carson Beck's up there as well for me. Yeah. So I, I think that Jan Daniels is maybe not the front runner. He might betting odds be the front runner. I haven't checked that in a while because well, things have not been going I think well that, here. That but, plummeted a good bit after a Saturday yeah. night in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, but I, I I think that he still absolutely deserves to be at, at the ceremony at the very least. Invite to New York is all I'm asking for. All I'm asking for. But coming up next here on a crossover edition of Locked on LSU and Locked on Gators, some key matchups to watch on Saturday night in Death Valley. We'll get into that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. That is what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed or power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Thanks for making Locked On LSU or Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU. Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators here. And Caroline... I think that one of the biggest talking points for LSU this entire season has been that defense. We watched Keon Coleman, I mean, just repeatedly yam yeah, on the LSU second. Yeah. Hey, I, I got to deal with it in a couple of weeks, so don't worry. We will both be yeah. in the uh, – T's and P's, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we'll both be in the uh, Keon Coleman PTSD meetings there because that is going to – suck but just what has been going on with this LSU defense because I know that both of us are in a weird spot where mm-hmm. I feel like I've spent a lot of my life as a Gator fan going at least we're gonna have a good defense and well not exactly for either side this year but yeah what is just going on there that's the thing with LSU is when you look back on the tradition in the history of LSU football it's great defenses and really for the most part I would say the offenses in the last 15 to 20 years of LSU football the offense is really the thing that holds the team back because you have a championship level defense it's truly inexplicable because statistically this LSU defense is the worst defense in the history of LSU football I and I I truly don't know how that happens because Matt Howe's defensive coordinator, well, he was the defensive coordinator for LSU last year. And LSU's defense was pretty good. I mean, it, it, the defense could steal a couple of games. I'm looking at Harold Perkins and his performance against Arkansas last season. And also, 
you know, how that defense was able to get after Bryce Young last season. And if you watched any Bryce Young, you understand how difficult it was to get after Bryce Young. So you return Matt House this season. You bring back Harold Perkins, who last season was one of the best defensive players in all of college football. And you get back a future first rounder in Mason Smith, who tore his ACL in the first game of, of last season against Florida State. So you bring back all of this talent, yet you're consistently giving up 450, 500 plus yards to SEC opponents. Now, look, we, we understood that the secondary was going to struggle. We knew that all offseason. Last year, Brian Kelly and defensive coordinator Matt House, they were forced to go to the transfer portal to rebuild the secondary. And they kind of patched it up with duct tape and, and prayers. And it worked, really, for the most part. But they were forced to do that again this year. And instead of replacing the secondary with pieces like from Oklahoma State and Arkansas like they did last year, they picked up players to the transfer portal from Marshall in southeastern Louisiana and Syracuse. So no disrespect to those programs and those players, but there's a certain expectation of talent at LSU that those players just don't meet. So we knew that the secondary was going to struggle. I didn't expect the defense to, as a whole to struggle as much as it is. I didn't expect the defense as a whole to be statistically the worst in program history. And if you go back to 2020, that Bo Pelini defense was pretty <laughs> miserable. And this is worse than that. And I think the most frustrating thing as an LSU fan is this is a championship offense. This is the best offense in the country. You don't need your defense to be elite. You don't even really need your defense to be good. You don't even really need your defense to be average. You just need your defense to not hurt you every single week. You just need your offense to be better than her, excuse me, your defense to be better than horrendous. And it can't be. And that's what's costing you football games. That's what's costing you your second trip to Atlanta in two years. As you're talking about that, I just kept thinking of how stark of a difference it has to be from like, I remember 2015 watching Florida versus LSU and watching LSU have one play where the receiver went in motion like three times and then they just ran it right up the middle and it was like no game. And it was one of the Less stupidest Miles offenses, baby. <laughs> one of the stupidest <laughs> things I've ever seen. And it was always you just need your offense to be not terrible. Yeah. And yeah. now you're on the exact flip side. And that just, I like, I take joy in it being Florida Gators fan, but I'm also just like, man, has to suck. I, I'm not even in a position to be like, oh, you need to be average at anything because we're not. <laughs> and I think that like the toughest part about it too is so many games this season, Alabama, Ole Miss, Missouri, Arkansas, so many times I've said, can you let them hurry up and just score so we can get the ball back and we can score? It's almost like that your opponent scoring a touchdown is a relief because you know that you get the ball back and you can score too. And it's almost like when you score, a part of my heart sinks because I know that means the defense has to go back out in the field. That's what we're working with. Like that is some some twisted, twisted football that's being played. And it's, it's cost LSU this season. And you, know, you ask what's going on? I have no, like, I, I have no answer for you. I no answer other than coaching. Yeah, this, I like that this crossover is actually just million dollar questions where people who get paid a hell of a lot more than a million dollars, they're probably the issue here. Uh, that That's yeah, right. exactly what we're looking at. I, I will say, you mentioned someone a few minutes ago in Harold Perkins, who mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've, I've shared this story, but when Harold Perkins committed, 
I was in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and I was in the car with Dylan Sanders, who covers LSU for 24-7. And Friend of the pod, I, the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were both in the car just, just watching this commitment. And he, of course, started screaming like directly in my face when, when Harold Perkins picked LSU. But he's not even like a linebacker. He's not an edge rusher. He's just defensive weapon. He's like what he's Isaiah said. Harold Perkins. Yeah, he, he's just Harold Perkins. What is up with his usage at times? Because I, I feel like there's just certain plays where, or certain games where I watch and I'm just like, well, I feel like he's just not being used like the mm-hmm. weapon, like, like, he should be a weaponized defensive player. And I feel like at certain points, I'm just watching him not be allowed to freely roam like he should be. That's the problem. And when we watch that Florida State game and Harold Perkins is essentially a non-factor, not essentially, he was a non-factor because Matt House wanted to put him at inside linebacker. I thought that was defensive malpractice. And I thought that that game alone was a fireable offense. Because you are taking your greatest weapon, your greatest weapon, and you are taking him out of the game, essentially. And for what? To make him a more well-rounded NFL product? That's not your job. That's his NFL coach's job, is to figure out where he fits best in an NFL defensive scheme. Your job is to win football games. And you win football games when you let Harold Perkins see ball and get ball. And this was the frustrating thing to me watching that Alabama game was the whole time when Jalen Milrow has wide open running lanes and he's running all over you. And I'm saying, we may be going to put a spy on him. Like you maybe want to put Harold Perkins who has you know been so effective at spying the quarterback throughout the really last season. You maybe want to put him there and try to get a little bit of pressure on Jalen Milrow. And that's what Brian Kelly said in his press conference on Monday was their biggest regret. One thing that he wishes that he could have gone back and changed against Alabama is putting a spy on Jalen Milrow. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why didn't you? Like you have every single right to get on the headset and say, Matt, we are going to put Harold Perkins on Jalen Milrow. And that's something that I talked about on the Lockdown LSU podcast. Of you got to, you got to put Harold Perkins on Jalen Milrow and, so many people said, well, you know, if you take Gerald Perkins away from coverage, then, then Jalen Milrow is going to be able to air the ball out. You know, you take away a body from the secondary. That's a risk I'm willing to take. At least try it. If you put a spy on Jalen Milrow and he's able to kill you with the deep ball and pick apart your secondary, well, then you know what? We did everything that we could do, and they were just better than you that day. So that's that's the puzzling thing is the usage of Harold Perkins and how – He's essentially been, and he had a sack against Alabama, and you know that's great. It was a, a big defensive stop early in the game, which I think led to a lot of momentum. He had a sack against Missouri in a time that you needed it the most, but you know timely stops here and there aren't good enough. That's not what we've expected from Harold Perkins. We've expected game changer, and he's essentially because of defensive coordinator Matt House, he's been taken out of the football game. Yeah, I mean, you look at Florida State; he had thirty-five reps in pass defense and only rush the pass around seven of them missouri 53 rush the pass around seven of them uh it doesn't seem like the best way to use him but hey florida lsu last week um i think our i think we can all agree that spying the quarterback is a good idea i good idea. I, I, I think that's uh pretty much unanimous but we are about to get into our predictions because it, it it's that time and let me tell you gators fans i am not going to be 
tiny little bit uh, happy about this one. Before we talk about that, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I, or Caroline and the Lockdown LSU fan base. We get fired up together on wins and losses, and we'll probably do that this weekend. Who starts, who sits? I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little bit more personal, whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage. You're covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis and Viagra prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. And remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at college for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, Go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. And thank you again for tuning into Locked On LSU, Locked On Gators. Caroline Fenton with Locked On LSU, Brandon Olson with Locked On Gators. And Caroline, it is prediction time here. Um, kind of unfortunately, I'm not looking forward to this because I know where I'm going. But how are you feeling about this one just a little bit away from the game now? Yeah, you know, I after losing to Alabama, I think the whole fan base just felt incredibly deflated because it was a tough loss. It was a game that you could have won that just got away from you in the fourth quarter. And everything that LSU wanted to accomplish this season, the greatest goals, getting to the SEC championship game and getting a CFP bid, that all went out the window whenever you you notched your, your third loss on the season. So it felt very deflating. And I think that there was a sense in the fan base of, well, the season's over. We have nothing left to play for. And that's just not the truth. That's not the case. You still have nine and three to play for. It's nine and three and eight and four are two very different things, two very different feelings. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Brian Kelly keeps this team motivated when they aren't playing for a spot in the SEC championship game in November, which was not a spot that they were in last year when after they beat Alabama, SEC championship game was still in play. I think that Brian Kelly is able to keep this team focused and able to keep this team motivated. I do expect Jaden Daniels to play, and that's based off of zero reporting whatsoever. But I talked to Scott Rabelais, who covers LSU football for the Baton Rouge Advocate. He said the same thing, that, hey, you know, we we expect Jaden Daniels to play. I think that this team is going to be fired up after a tough loss and having it back at home at night in Tiger Stadium against a Florida team that I think probably feels a little bit dejected after that loss last season. I think LSU is going to want to have a big statement bounce back game. So, and and look, no game is going to be as big of a blowout with this defense as maybe we saw LSU against Army when they won 62 to nothing. Florida is going to be able to throw the football against this LSU secondary. Saw what Graham Mertz did over 400 passing yards against a struggling South Carolina defense. So Florida's going to be able to score some points, and Florida's going to, going to be able to move the football. I think ultimately this LSU offense is just too good um, to lose this football game. So I'm going to take LSU 45-28. Right, we're, we're pretty similar in our thought process there. I Everybody expects Jane Daniels to play. The moment that Brian Kelly was like, hey – we're going to put him through non-contact, and if he works out, then then, it, then he's playing. Okay? Like it's as simple as that. The moment he said that, I was like, okay, Jane Daniels is playing. You're not going to trick me. <laughs> and I will say this, and I, I've said this a thousand times on my show about coming into the swamp and winning. 
it is very difficult for me to ever pick a team to come into the swamp, especially at night, and win a football game. LSU, Death Valley, it's the same thing. I, I have no problem saying I think those two are the best atmospheres in all of football at any level. I don't think you get better than LSU at night, Florida at night. It's just it's as simple as that. So I am going to say I, I don't think Florida is going to win this game. Uh, I think they can, but it's not likely. I think it's a very long, hard road to get there. You have to not only slow down Jaden Daniels, but you've been bad defending power run. You got to stop that too. And yeah, we'll we'll see how that one works. But I think that LSU takes this one. I also think LSU scores about 45. I think we see basically last year. I think we're going to see 45-35. Uh, I think that this Florida offense can put up points. We'll see how they do it because I think that mm-hmm. LSU has been susceptible against the run and the pass at totally. certain times. So we'll see how Florida does it. But I, I don't see how – like if you lose to Arkansas at home, I get it, 2-6, and six, a great 2-6. and six. All their losses were close – if you lose to them at home, I don't think I can realistically go, oh, you can go into Death Valley and win. I think that's a bit silly there. So I think LSU 45-35, and it's an LSU win there because, like you said, 9-3 and three is a hell of a lot different than 8-4, and four, and, and that's your easiest path to get there now. Question for you before we wrap up. Florida's remaining schedule at LSU, at Missouri, hosting Florida State to round out the season. Florida's sitting at five wins right now. Do you see a path to a bowl game? I do. I, I don't think uh, LSU's the game I think you're least likely to win if you're Florida. I think that you really? can go into Missouri, and I think you can win. They've kind of slowed down a bit offensively, and that's been my big concern with them of, of stopping them. And Florida State has just had quite a few games where they haven't shown up. I mean, last year, Florida State's team, they hosted Florida, a bad Florida team missing a lot of starters. And they won by a touchdown late and it came down to a missed Hail Mary by Anthony Richardson, where he threw it like into the 16th row. It was ridiculous. Uh, but I think that you can win Missouri. I think you can win Florida state. I think LSU is the least likely game for Florida to win this year. Just the matchup. It absolutely sucks for you. If you're Florida, it's just, it's one of those things where I don't know how you stop Jaden Daniels. I can look at every other game and say, you can slow him down. Not LSU. It's a tough matchup. It's a tough environment. And I know it's going to be a good one because LSU in Florida, it's always a treat for anyone who loves good college football. For Brandon Olson, I'm Caroline Fenton of the Locked on LSU podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Gators and Locked on LSU podcast. You can also check us out on YouTube as well. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day.